Hey, welcome in guys. Uh, my name is Matt Manellis. Today is going to be the first introductory episode of Rockin' with the Rockies. This is going to be a podcast mostly about uh, the Colorado Rockies, you know, what to expect, what's going on, you know, some major things that happen. It's mostly going to be opinion-based, you know. I, I don't really follow the set of rules that, like, you know, other fans follow. I'm going to be mean. I'm going to diss the team. We do a lot of things badly. It's it's hard to avoid that. Um, you know, less than ideal standards for this first one. I am in urgent care at the moment. I'm going to be here for a little bit. So hopefully this comes through all right. But, you know, I wanted to get this out there. And hopefully the audio is fine. Hopefully everything works out. But... Yeah, I'm a little uh, little messed up at the moment, but you know, I think everything's going to be fine and you know, we're going to we're going to talk about a few reasons why this offseason you should get excited for the Rockies coming into the 2023 season. So, uh, let's get into it. All right, so uh let's get into a few reasons why everybody should be excited to see the Rockies next season. And, you know, saying that even as a Rockies fan is kind of contradictory because, you know, we haven't had a lot to be excited for in the last few years, let's be honest here. I think the most exciting thing to happen to our franchise in the last, what, four years is Bright leaving the front office so maybe we can finally sign some players that actually give a damn or some players that actually can contribute to the team instead of losing a all-time legend Hall of Fame third baseman and potentially a shortstop uh maybe not hall of fame level but you know trevor makes a name for himself pretty easily and you know losing both those guys gonna be obviously very hard shoes to fill but i think there's a lot to be excited for and you know that's kind of what we're gonna go for today the first thing you know that i want to talk about we obviously lost trevor this past offseason he went to boston which i don't think anybody really saw it coming. I especially didn't because, I mean, what the hell was Boston going to do? They they didn't compete at all. But, you know, Trevor became a second baseman there. He did pretty poorly from what I remember off the top of my head. You know, low 200s batting average. He had that one, I think it was like a two or three week stretch where he was just on fire for absolutely no reason. But that was fun to watch as, you know, somebody who watched him for a long time. But Ezekiel Tovar the future shortstop of the Rockies. I think everybody who knows about him is probably thinking that right now. Um, came up for nine games during the 2022 season. Not a great sample size. I probably would have liked to see him sooner. Everybody knew that our season was kind of destined for failure at, you know, probably the midpoint of the season. So, you know, I think a call-up probably would have been more useful a little bit earlier, but, you know, who am I? I'm not the, I'm not the GM. I'm not the coach. I just like to watch. So I think that, you know, it's kind of amazing to see some things like um, just just the potential that he has. I mean, this we saw the speed, obviously. He had a home run, which is, you know, not something we get from shortstops too often in the league as a whole. You know, shortstops aren't really known for their power. They're known for contact, defense, speed, all that jazz. You know, Trevor had it all. One of the rare things. Still can't believe we let him get away, but... You know, we're moving past that as a community, so Tovar is something to be excited for. He skipped AAA entirely, which, you know, as a Rockies prospect is pretty rare nowadays. I think uh, most people kind of come through the system for the Rockies pretty handedly and pretty normally instead of skipping levels, which is 
crazy in my mind because we have so much potential, quote unquote, in our minor leagues for so many years and somehow it takes forever them forever for us to develop them and then they either end up not meeting anybody's expectations or we end up trading them away for players that we have no idea why we did that. But to continue my point, Tovar is somebody to be excited for. It's a shortstop that hits well, hits for occasional power. Power may not be consistent or very, you know, upfront at first, but give him the proper plate appearances, give him time to adjust. I think we're going to see, you know, something special come out of his bat. And obviously his defense is going to be a big thing. Uh, a little bit of a taller guy, I think, uh, over six foot at least. And, you know, for shortstops, having a tall shortstop is a little bit uncommon. But, you know, Cal Ripken kind of broke that uh, barrier. And O'Neill Cruz is kind of continuing that. O'Neill Cruz being 6'7 for the Pirates right now as a shortstop is insane. But uh, we also, you know, we saw Tovar play a little bit for us, like I said. And, you know, may not have hit crazy like he did in the minor leagues. He hit 313 in the minor leagues before we brought him up this year. But, you know, just like what we did with Brendan Rodgers, you know, you got to give him time to adjust. Rodgers for the first maybe full year worth of games, everybody thought that he was a complete bust, that he wasn't going to work. You know, he came out this year and he killed it. He is up for a silver slugger at second base. Um, you know, unfortunately won't win that. You know, it sucks. But uh, Jeff McNeil, the NL batting champ, is up for a silver slugger at second base. So, you know, not much you can do about that. But also up for a gold glove uh, this year. I think he should win it. Um, and he had the most infield diving plays out of anybody in the majors this year. Just a little, uh, you know, interesting tidbit there. But, you know, this is something that everybody should be excited for, excited to hear about. Because this is, this is you know, the future of our team. And if you want to care about the Rockies at all, you need to care about this guy and watch how this guy plays. All right, now something else to look forward to in our near future, and actually it was already here, so really I don't even think this is, you know, a new a new thing to be talking about, but Michael Tolia, he is a switch hitting power guy, the Rockies developed him, he's been in the minors for them for a few years, um, he came up at a little bit of an unfortunate time, you know, uh, the Rockies have a great first baseman defensively and offensively in C.J. Crone. The only advantage I would even give to Tolia over Crone, and you know this is debatable since he's a first baseman, is his ability to steal a base. It's it's uncommon for a first baseman to steal a base, but you know the speed is there. He's got the instincts. It's just, do you really want him to? You know, you got other fast guys, you got other small guys that are meant for that. He's not really meant for it as a first baseman, but the ability to know that it's there is actually pretty good. And maybe another like small advantage that we saw this season is his ability to switch hit. He is a switch hitter. Um, you know that's something that's highly anticipated out of them because the Rockies are a little low on left-handed bats, with the only two consistent ones in the lineup being uh, Charlie Blackman and Ryan McMahon. With um, Sam Hillier just being traded to the Braves today, actually. So you know that's another left-handed bat potentially gone, and. You know, there's a there's a lot to be talked about with Tolia. His his power is, I mean, it's prodigious. It's obviously there. The only issue that you know you can have with him is, uh, man, he he had 111 plate appearances for the Rockies this year, which 
you know, is pretty good for getting some experience on there, getting some swings up, maybe developing his swing to a major league level. But um, 44 strikeouts, that's that's ugly. That's really ugly. He swings and misses a lot. Pitchers, I mean, if you pitch this kid high, you know, they're going to learn and he's got to learn to hit it. But you pitch him high and he's done for. Um, swings at every curveball in the dirt. If we can somehow teach this kid how to, you know, have some more plate discipline, or maybe he just needs a little more time, you know, like I said with Ezekiel Tovar and Brendan Rogers, then, you know, this is a great bat that's going to be in our future. You know, you can't keep CJ forever, I don't think. I think eventually he's going to decide to go to maybe a contending team because, you know, the Rockies kind of revitalized that man's career. And, you know, somebody with a revitalized career like that isn't going to want to be on a team that, you know, isn't going anywhere, not contending for anything. But, you know, um, he, this Tolle is a big guy. He's he's going to be big for the future of this program, especially considering he does have potential to play corner outfield spots in left and right. Um, would you really want to play him out there over first base if first base is available? No. But, you know, since CJ is at uh, first base right now, I think with the potential Tolia has to steal a base over Crone and his ability to switch it, he is going to be a huge part of the future. And, you know, I think he might be the one I'm most excited for, honestly, uh, until I see somebody that piques my interest more. I think I have the most faith that, you know, uh, Tolia is going to be one of the big guys of our future. Lastly, I do want to talk about the few prospects that we haven't seen hit the majors yet. Now, it's kind of hard to talk about these guys. It's easy to be excited, easy to have high hopes, but, you know, it's it's preemptive to think that they're going to be superstars or that they're going to help the team out in any way. And yeah, it's unfortunate to think that. It's, it's sad to think that, you know, after all this excitement and hype that somebody could be a bust, even though you think that, you know, they're the future of our organization. But, um, you know, people got a lot of faith in these guys. I'm not going to say I have a lot of faith, but I definitely have some high hopes for them. The first guy that we're going to talk about is our 2020 draftee, uh, Zach Veen. Uh, outfielder, left-handed hitter, is one of the fastest guys in the Arizona Fall League this year. Um, he's shown his speed. His ability to play defense is amazing. He's got a great arm as well. The only thing that he really doesn't have out of the five-tool package is uh, power for hitting. And you know what? Power for hitting as a guy who makes contact like he does and plays defense like he does with the speed he has, the power is anything but a bonus at this point. Anything that he does outside of his realm of capabilities, like if he wants to go out there and hit some home runs as well, but he still plays the game that we know he plays, that's just a bonus. You know, he's He's going to be one of those staple outfield guys. I, I think he's probably going to be more of a left fielder, if I'm being completely honest. Um, he has the potential to play center, but, you know, if you come up through the system as a corner outfielder or play in a specific position, you know, it's, it's a little tough to transition to center field because, you know, you have to become the big boss of the outfield. You call everybody off, you make all the shots, and... You know, I'm not saying that he can't do that, but, you know, he came up through the minors as a left fielder. So with the speed and potentially has, I think he has the possibility, but we're definitely looking at him as like a left fielder or right fielder for this. But like I said, a lot to be excited for. He, he's definitely going to be the future of the outfield. 
And there's no doubt in my mind that when he comes up to the majors, he's going to make a huge impact. Just, it's one of those guys that you got to get excited for. And, you know, I'm not going to make a whole segment about every guy on, you know, our minor league rosters, but there is one other guy I want to talk about, and that's because as far as uh, Rocky standards go, this is pretty special. We are not known for our pitching at all. We aren't. It's, it's hard to pitch in elevation. No pitcher wants to be here. The ball flies. It's, it's understandable, but it is unfortunate. The other side of that spectrum is we never have had a high quality, and I mean we've had quality, but never you know the high quality that everybody dreams of kind of catcher. The last good catcher that the Rockies had out of, in, in the top of my head is Joe Girardi, and that was God knows how many years ago. Chris Hyanetta was serviceable. Tony Walters was bad, in my opinion. Uh, every guy since then has just been bad. Elias Diaz showed flashes of brilliance, but, you know, he's not hes not going to be good forever. He's, he's on the older side. He's just not consistent enough. But now we got Drew Romo in our minor league system. He is in high air Fresno right now playing for the Grizzlies. Um, He's pretty impressive. I mean, a switch hitting catcher, like I said, you know, Rockies need some more left-handed bats, let alone a switch hitter is great as well. But uh, developing players, you know, like I've talked about, is not something the Rockies do. So the fact that the Rockies are producing, you know, possibly a team catcher that, you know, can take over the team, take over the pitching staff, you know, maybe provide some clarity as far as the pitching and catching game goes is kind of something to be really happy about because, you know, we haven't had that for a long time. And, you know, pitchers, if they're good, only go so far. You need a good catcher to pair him with. And while he's only in high A, we don't know his true potential. We don't know if he'll pan out, how he adjusts to higher levels. It doesn't matter. This isn't something about practicality that we're talking about right now. This is just what to be excited for. Sure, it may not pan out, but Rockies fans, we don't have a lot to be happy about. We don't have a lot to cheer about. We got to take the excitement where we can get it. And the excitement right now is coming from you know, Ezekiel Tovar, Michael Tolia, Zach Veen, Drew Romo, guys that have either barely touched the league or guys that are going to be a big impact in the next few years. And, you know, there's not much to speak for directly on Drew, like I said, but a good defender, a switch-hitting bat, if we can develop some really good stuff on him, he and the other young guys are can make an impact that I don't think any Rockies fan is really going to see coming. And, you know, like I said, no Rockies fan is going to see this coming if it happens. It's it's unfortunate that, you know, we've had to deal with so long for the Rockies being awful. The last, you know, good team I can even think of is when the Rockies, you know, played the Cubs in the wild card game in 2018. We did beat them out, but, you know, going to the Brewers and getting swept was pretty embarrassing, especially since the Brewers were not that good of a team at the time. But, you know, uh, I think the next few years, maybe even 2025, as soon as then, the Rockies are going to be contenders with all these guys. And I think that this is a huge step forward as far as developing our own players and getting the players that we need. Obviously, we got Chris Bryant this summer. And, you know, while many people don't understand that deal very well, I think that, you know, once Chris Bryant overcomes his injury issues, that he's going to be a great addition to either the outfield or if they want to transition into third base and maybe Ryan Max somewhere else, that's going to be great as well. But... Having all these young guys, I think 2025 is going to be where we want to be. If I had to make a guess right now as what our 2025 is going to look like, 
I'm really rooting for, you know, either Chris Bryan or Zach Veen in left field. I'm honestly not quite positive on who we're going to have in center. We we have a lot of good guys, but, you know, it's it's hard to exactly pin down who we're going to have in center field because we just don't have that guy right now. If we're being really hopeful and hoping that he rushes through the minor leagues, then we could count on this year's draft pick in Benny Montgomery, but... You know, I'm, I'm not too hopeful on that as he's really young. He just got into the minors and, you know, being up by 2025 is a tall task to ask for a kid who just got out of college or got out of high school, actually, not even college and into the majors. It's it's wishful thinking at best. But, you know, in right field, we're obviously 2025 guys. I'm honest. Charlie Blackman's not going to be there anymore or he's going to be retired. His, his game is good, but he's getting old. He's losing some of the qualities that we kept him around for. And it's unfortunate to think that, but, you know, it's it's just how it is. And then, you know, going to first base, obviously we're going to have Michael Tolia. I think that's pretty obvious there. Brendan Rodgers at second, you know, showed flashes of brilliance this year, and I think he's going to continue to do that. Uh, shortstop, we're obviously going to have, you know, one of the main guys here that we talked about, Ezekiel Tovar, is going to hold down that position great. Uh, third base, you know, we're going to have uh, our good guy Rymack over there. Signed him to a seven-year deal this offseason. I think he's going to continue to improve just as he has every year. Obviously, his defense is fantastic, gold glove level, I think. I still think that in 2021, he got ripped off from Arenado. I think that that was bullshit, honestly. He had way more defensive runs saved, and he was way more valuable than Arenado defensively that year. But, you know, I, I don't have a boat, so don't ask me. And catching, I think we're going to have Drew Romo. And you know what? I think if we're going to be excited about any team, I think that once we got all those guys on the same diamond together, I think that's the team that we need to be excited about. And, you know, as far as Rocky fans go, we don't have much to ever be excited about. But this this is something that we can get excited about. And I know it's tough to be excited about this stuff, but... uh. You know, this is this is something that we got to look forward to and you got to put your faith in because teams go through this all the time. You know, the Cubs didn't win for, what was it, 108 years in the World Series? You know, we, we don't want to be the next Cubs, but, you know, I think we got the potential to, to come up and develop these players and become a team that people actually look forward to watching instead of, you know, groaning that they're playing the Rockies again. Or, you know, when we go to a game, we want to expect excellence, not just a pretty stadium to go to. And, you know, that's that's kind of all the things I wanted to touch on. I think that, you know, the, the future is bright, even though, you know, we don't have much to look forward to ever, really. I think that if you dive deep into our farm system, dive deep into our prospects, that we got something we can actually cheer for. And, you know what, I think the next few years, everybody should, well, you know, you should be paying attention to us, paying attention to us and looking out for us because we might be making some moves that many people don't expect. So I want to thank you guys for listening to this one. This is the first of many, so, you know, we're going to dive into some other stuff, maybe not just Rockies, but, you know, as far as favorite teams go, stuff I want to keep more concentration on, definitely going to be a Rockies guy. But, you know, thank you guys for listening. This is going to be the end. Um, like I said, we're going to try to make this a weekly thing, but, you know, so far this has uh, been rocking with the Rockies. So thank you guys, and we'll hope to see you next week.